Oh boy, another podcast. <laughs> Man, what, what a way to start the show. Uh, hi, my name's Aaron. Uh, I'm the creator of the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Luke. I'm with Van Pours. And I'm um, Chris with Van Pours as well. And uh, yeah, so this is a new project here we've baked up here. Episode one. It's uh, it's the Dregs Podcast. It's just a bunch of guys who really like beer and just couldn't get enough talking about it. So why not put it in audio format and release it? Well, for me, this is my second beer podcast now. So... Hey guys, how's it going? Not bad, not What's bad. How are you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, COVID time, so we are in uh, all of our respected locations here recording remotely. You know, a little coordination on everybody's part to try and uh, get this episode up and running. So uh, basically in the show today, we're uh, going to try something new that's kind of, kind of, kind of come out of uh, the COVID, you know, response uh, for the breweries and then uh, also kind of just see what's been going on around the province. But um Really, to kick things off, what are you, uh, Chris, what are you drinking at the moment? Well, today we've got a pretty sweet lineup of local lagers. So first one we've got on deck is the House of Lager from House of Funk Brewing. So from the new lagering program that they started up. One of my good buddies, Casey, is the assistant brewer there. So I can't not be a fan, um, but it mm-hmm. helps that their beers are absolutely knocking it out of the park. So yeah, um, yeah it's cool. It's cool to see that they started this new uh, program. But yeah, the easy drinking Bavarian lager. I've been enjoying it. I've had a few few cans today. Right. And how about yourself, Luke? What are you uh, currently consuming? Um, I'm just finishing off a can of the same uh, House of Lager, but up next for me is going to be uh, the Dagger Lager from Daggerad, which I'm pretty excited about. All right. Uh, I am starting off with some boring old water here because um, you got to hydrate, uh, you know. But, you know, get the palate ready because, yeah, in, in this episode, we are yeah going to try four different beers here. And just see how they go. But uh, up first. Uh, so who wants to uh, share the story of Van Pours and uh, how that all started? Yeah. So Van Pours kind of started back in 2015. It was about a year out of university. Um, me and a buddy I went to school with. We had started getting into craft beer, I think, a little bit. And probably our fourth and fifth year in university started with, you know, trying a few of the bigger names. So, you know, the fat tugs of the world you know, dipping into parallel 49. We also, we went to school, we were living up at uh, Burnaby mountain up at SFU there, but we had a lot of classes down at the Harbor center ca- uh, campus downtown. So it wouldn't be uncommon for us to make a pit stop um, on the bus route there down at, at parallel 49. Cause it's just off of, off of Hastings there. So we started dipping our toes in, in some of the parallel 49 beers and experimenting with, you know, trying different styles you know, fell in love with, with IPAs. Yeah. So we just started kind of trying a few different beers and then we started checking out some more breweries um, in East Van as well. And there's a couple summers where I was also living out in Surrey um, near Red Racers uh, restaurant there. So I would often go into, into their liquor store there and, and pick up some of the new Red Racer releases. So yeah, I'd say it was maybe some of the bigger kind of brands that I started kind of dipping my toes in and, you know, one day we just decided, Hey, like we've been drinking quite a bit of craft beer. We both went to school in communications. So we had both had background in writing more. So really long winded 
theoretical papers about communications theories and the theory of rhetoric and, you know, journalism based stuff. So kind of, you know, a little dry, but we said, Hey, like, let's do something that's a little bit more fun, do some creative writing. Um, and it's an excuse to, you know, go hang out and drink good beer. So that's kind of how it started way back in 2015, which isn't actually that long ago, but it feels like a long time. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, definitely uh, even more so in the last few months. Um, so then, uh, Luke, how did uh, how did you get involved then? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure that out myself. Chris, when did <laughs> I jump into the game there? <laughs> Wait, who are you again? Story, I don't recall any points from that in my life. It, what year was that? It was probably like 2016, 2016 I, I think. Yeah, so I, um, I started hanging out with uh, Chris. We worked together at uh, BC Hydro. Uh, in the communications department and yeah, we developed a good friendship. So we started kind of hanging out and drinking a few beers and I'm um, into photography quite a bit and do some photo work on the side. I'm a graphic designer by trade, but um, I think Chris um, had seen a couple of my shots and had thrown it out there to maybe come on the team and, and take the kind of visual lead for Van Poors. So that's been well, my I think it kind was Luke, of, uh, Luke saw some of Luke saw some of my shots. And he said, Holy <laughs> the shit. Other way man, around. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to mind if here. I come on here. <laughs> Do you mind if I join the team? <laughs> yeah. It, it, we, we were stoked to have him. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride ever since, but I, as far as craft beer goes, I mean, I'm kind of the same as Chris. I just kind of started drinking some of the, the bigger name, you know, Granville Island years back. I remember, um, my dad is a ski patroller and years back um, I went up to Hemlock with him and they would spend the night there at a, at a ski patroller staff cabin. And one of the patrollers was a rep for uh, Granville Island. And every weekend we'd spend the weekend up there every other weekend. And he would come up with a flat of raspberry. I forget what that beer was. The Granville Island raspberry beers. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we would, we'd be pounding those back, but that was my like introduction into craft beer, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, it's come a long way. I've, I'm not, you know, huge into the Raz raspberry beers no more, but, um, it was just, a. Oh, but if the moment takes you, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> if the moment takes you, you take 16 tall cans of, uh, raspberry beer. Yeah. <laughs> I think Granville Island was an intro. I, I remember like distinctly in university, like I'd come back with like a 12, case mix pack of Granville Island and like at the time when you're a university student like that is like the best beer you've ever had like I remember it being like holy like what is this like IPA pale ale doesn't it doesn't come in a 15 a cardboard 15 pack like what is this right. it comes in a bottle yeah I um you know now that we're talking about this I'm getting all of all sorts of memories brought back to me I went to um Emily Carr. And of course that's on Granville Island, which probably explains why I drank a lot of Granville Island. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we would, uh, after school, we would, a couple of my buddies and I would grab a, I think they had these mingler packs, just mixed packs of their cans. And, uh, we'd drink them in several different locations along the, uh, at the park there. So that was, that was always a good time. Right. Uh, did blue buck ever feature at all? Because like, that's a, that's a big entry one for a lot of people in BC too. Mm -hmm. Not so much for me. I mean, I'd have it here and there, but I never, I never went on like a blue buck kick. I don't know if I ever bought my own pack of blue bucks. <laughs> it's just always honest. at somebody's place. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like, staple. Does anybody though. want a beer? Yeah. Oh yeah. Here, have a blue buck. 
but yeah, I mean, funny and funny enough, like I, I think one of the first beers I, I tried from Phillips was, I think I skipped blue buck and went straight to the amnesiac double IPA, <laughs> right, which yeah. like at the time, you know, yeah, a little bit of an aggressive, like intro to Phillips, but I think I'd tried the, the driftwood fat tug. Cause I'd heard people saying, you know, this is like one of the best craft beers. You got to try it. And like at the time, you know, around like 2013 or so, like, you know, hoppy, like West coast IPAs were the shit. And I mean, I still think they are the shit, but yeah, I, I remember I'm like, well, I, I like fat tug, so I might as well try this double IPA and, and I liked it too. Sweet. But skip the blue buck step, I think. Right. Right. So then I guess, uh, I need to tell my story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be for the podcast. Yeah, so I started the podcast um, back in 2016 as a bit of a fun project uh, for myself. Um, just wanted to get more into interviewing. Um, I have a background in radio and television and uh, moved uh, to the Vancouver area. I've been back uh, for six years now. But uh, yeah, I started the podcast uh, after an incident um, I had in New Zealand uh, where I was uh, living previous to my time here just found myself going to breweries and asking questions about them, how they started. And then I uh, said, Hey, like maybe I should document this and kind of put one and two together and then created this fun project and released my first episode back uh, in May of 2016. Uh, and then about a year into it, um, I heard from uh, the team over at the BCL trail and um, teamed up with them. And now I get to go around the province and meet all these cool breweries and uh, see some excellent excellent places in the province too that, you know, like normally I probably wouldn't go and check out, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice exploring all the tiny communities and, um, seeing beer like really develop in BC and in the normal times when the borders open, I do check out breweries in Washington, Oregon as well. So hence the name Cascadian beer podcast, but yeah, that's the quick elevator speech there of uh, what I've been up to, but so enough about us. Should we get into some beers? Yeah. Let's, yeah, do let's it. talk about some beers. All right, so I think we should uh, start with an old classic since, I mean, you guys have been kind of drinking the newer lagers. So let's kind of like reset the palate with probably the older lager out of out of the bunch that's been around in existence. And uh, let's go with the Slackwater, huh? And it's funny you say older lager because how old is Slackwater? Uh, they're, they're what? Yeah, they're like a year old. <laughs> years now. Yeah, yeah. But like um, <laughs> not a lot of breweries, you know, well, in Vancouver anyway, have a lager as a core, right? So yeah, um, that's true. But um, when you when you get into the other communities around BC, then um, yeah, there's you know some loggers going on. So, all right, I got my uh, little uh, BC Beer Awards taster glasses here from years I, gone by. I'm I'm doing the same thing here. Yeah, I've just got a mishmash of uh, some thrift store glasses. Ooh, the thrift store glasses. Yes, that's a classic, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Never play, pay full price for anything. All right. Well, cheers, guys. Let's uh, get into uh, the slack water. Cheers. Uh, so well, cheers. what are we drinking here? We are drinking the Tight Lines Hellas Lager. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, really, really easy drinking. I mean, it's a Munich style lager too. Uh, German malts, hops. Yeah. Big, big shout out to uh, Liam and Chris and uh, Kelsey out there. Slack water. But um, yeah. Do you, do you have uh, the tasting notes, sir, Chris, uh, for this? Crisp, clean, and dry. They describe it as light, light, and with with a biscuity body. Um, There's definitely a biscuity body going on. Yeah, slightly floral finish. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's like, it's just, it's just right online with your standard German, uh, lager really like Hellas lager. So I find it like a little bit smoother than other Hellas lagers I've had mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah, it's I like almost got like a little bit of a, almost like a little bit of like a, a melony kind of aftertaste to it that kind of me- mellows it out a little bit. Yeah. Like a light stone fruit thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, almost really nice. Kind of peachy for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like uh, the gold standard for me for loggers here in the Pacific Northwest is uh, Chuck and down in my hometown of Bellingham. And you know what? This is pretty much on par with that. Like, you know, it's pretty it's close to statement. What, you know, yeah. No, it's pretty, pretty close to what uh, Chuck and would be cranking out. I wish I had a Chuck and here to compare side by side. But next time here, well, when, when we can cross the border, we should probably make a little Bellingham trip. Oh yeah, I've been talking no. to Luke about this for probably like two years, and then yeah, twenty sixteen yeah, came up, but... and we start. <laughs> we we will definitely uh, document the shenanigans uh, that'll happen down in the city of subdued excitement uh, when we can make it down again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whenever I think of Slackwater, I always think of like the label artwork. Like it's hard, you can't talk about Slackwater. I feel like without mentioning like their their can designs, they're pretty cool. Oh, and the branding is just amazing. Um, their tasting room yeah. space is just fantastic. Um, I haven't seen it since they've actually opened. Um, I was there for the build, and you're yeah, there before they open. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a massive space. Um, well, it is a massive Looks space. Huge. So two two like two levels to it, right? Yeah, 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 and a rooftop outdoor patio area, and a boat. And they've the, got like a boat inside of it. Yeah, they got a boat like hanging over the brewery. So. Um, and the brewery is surrounded like by glass. It's almost like, um, like uh, glass hockey panels at the arena, like just like surrounding oh, like the, the plexiglass. Yeah. 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 Just surrounding yeah. the brewery. So, yeah. Yeah. This artwork is wicked. Like, what is it? Their amber ale with the salmon on it. Oh yeah. That or what, yeah. I'm, I'm not big into fish. What is that? A salmon, a, a trout, rainbow trout probably, but yeah, beautiful. If it was a mushroom, Luke would have been able to nail it right away. Like, yeah, yeah. This guy can identify a chanterelle from like 150 meters. All right. <laughs> All right. So then uh, with that, Luke, what should what what should we try next? Ooh, I'm running out of glasses here. Let's um You didn't come prepared for a podcast. <laughs> oh god. Let's try the uh dagger ad, dagger lagger. Which is this is the biggest curveball in terms of beer announcements. Uh, Absolutely, happen, yeah. Happened in, in BC Beer recently because Dagger Ad is this is their first logger like ever. Yeah, it's definitely going outside the outside the lines a little bit for them, right? And yeah, so so uh, if somebody doesn't know who Dagger Ad is, uh, it's a, a brewery based here uh, in Burnaby, um, just outside of Vancouver, uh, and they specialize uh, in Belgian style beers, and that's all they do. Um, ben, the uh, owner there. I met, I met the couple Thai, uh, the couple uh, Belgian friends on the beach in Thailand when he was backpacking, and they hit it off really nice. Uh, and he ended up going back to Belgium and um, uh, drinking in the Daggerad plots. And he fell in love with Belgian beers right then and there. Came back to Canada, learned how to homebrew just so he can make a Daggerad blonde, and then opened his brewery Daggerad. So, yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool story. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers. I'm. Sure, one thing wrong. about having these tiny little glasses, it's quick to pour. You know, like you can always tell a Daggerad beer. And yeah, you can definitely tell that, you know, it's a really clean lager. But, you know, if you just hand, handed this to me blind, it's got that Daggerad 
characteristic where it's like the sweet Belgian thing still going on in there, right? Yeah, totally. What, what are you getting, Chris? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. It definitely um, feels a bit like a fuller body than than yeah. slack water there. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that you know it is, is a bad thing between the two. You know they they are no not at all. Loggers, just, but I feel like they're just two different beers. So absolutely, I feel like Dagrad's the what I get from their beer. It is very very flavorful, right? And that f- super full body mouthfeel that I get from it is pretty characteristic of their beers. Mm-hmm. Like it almost like it like does remind me of the Dagger Red Blonde, like those light little floral notes. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no. it's, it's pretty, so it's pretty solid. I, I see what you guys say about like a little subtle, like tinge of sweetness mm-hmm. to it. There's like a little orange, like zest or something in there. Like it seems like, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's me. But so what's the tasting notes, sir? A true crispy boy with the herbal aroma of noble hops and a firm base of subtly nutty German Pilsner malt. I feel like anytime you talk about a lager or a Pilsner, you just got to throw in crispy boy, but I got to respect them for actually putting that on the can. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a, yeah, very delicious. Yeah. I will admit, um, because you know, you should admit your faults, uh, almost had a major podcasting disaster. Um, cause uh, picked up the beers from you guys earlier this afternoon. Uh, you know, thanks for dropping by. Brought them home in my bag, put my bag down, went about my afternoon and uh, about, you know, two hours ago or something, realized that, oh, I need to drink those beers tonight with you while we record the podcast and they weren't in the fridge. So, uh, ooh, yeah, so got it got them in there, got them cooled down. So, uh, you know, that was one disaster almost averted. Well, one disaster averted. <laughs> Back in my younger days, I used to I used to do that all the time. Pretty pretty forgetful. I've done the accident, like leave like a can in the freezer because you really want to cool it down because you're impatient. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Like I used to do the trick where you you take a paper towel, you you run it under cold water, and then you wrap a can or you wrap a bottle um, with the paper, the wet paper towel, and then you throw it in the freezer, and you know in. 15 to 20 minutes like it's it's cold i'm sure that's like frowned upon in the craft beer world but back in the day that was like the go-to if you go to bcl and because all the bcls back in the day they didn't have um they didn't have cold uh the cold storage right yeah yeah. so when you go down there and you'd get a six pack or whatever that would you know and you'd come back up for you know some beers beers back uh, at university or, you know that was the, that was the go-to like how can i get my beer cold in like half an hour yeah i got the bucket right now with the salt water well salt ice water going Ooh. not just salt water <laughs> warm salt, salt ice water. water what's the trick there <laughs> i guess i don't know it's um how does that work does anybody know the science behind that i think it allows <laughs> doing it. it allows so the salt water won't freeze but so the water itself can be below zero and because the water is completely surrounding the can it cools it faster than if you just have a couple of ice cubes touching it right and i mean if uh, if anybody wants to help luke out here with the science homework uh, you can reach out <laughs> on our social media channels <laughs> and provide the answer Please here do. for episode one yeah Please do so I can sound smarter in episode two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit us up at Dreg's podcast in the DMs. Yeah. 
we need all the salt water tips we can get. Yeah. Hey, so I used to go down. To, uh, my wife went to school in Seattle, and she lived in. Uh, Aaron, are you familiar with Seattle area oh, yeah. much? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she lived in uh, Wallingford. Oh yeah. And there was a Wine World there, which was a like the biggest liquor store I've ever seen at the time. They had this. Speaking of cold alcohol at liquor stores, they had this contraption where you can put beer or wine in this container and it would cool it for you while you continue shopping. Ooh. And I think it took about 10 minutes and it was, um, it looked like a tall, um, like a tall bucket, almost like a garbage can full of water, right. but it was swirling around like almost like a flushing toilet. So I guess the idea was it was water that was, maybe at freezing or like minus one maybe. And because it was constantly moving, mm -hmm. it wouldn't get to freeze. So you just kind of drop your stuff in there. You walk around, you browse, you do some more shopping and you, you pull your bottle of wine or your, your four pack of beers out of there and they're cold in 10 or so minutes. Yeah. I, I have not been to that liquor store or seen that. So yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that contract contraption since, but I mean, the fridge works just as well. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is pretty cool though. Mm -hmm. Now there's something that I've noticed here. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've noticed it here on the Daggerad label and on the steel and oak uh, label that's coming up. Um, I don't see it on the slack water here. Right above the barcode there on the dagger ad, you see that little independent craft brewery seal. Yeah. Yeah. First time I've seen that That's actually. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this the thing that they've kind of like, they're all not, I don't want to say required to do, but it's like, if you're, if you're part of the craft brewery association, then like you're. Yeah. And uh, no, I need to look at that. You put that on there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I definitely need to look at the details of this. I know the one that is uh, in the States um, for the Brewers Association down there. They've been doing that for a while. So um, since this is both in English and French, I am assuming that this is the Canadian seal. Uh, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, this is this is the first time I've seen it. So definitely need to do some research uh, after we're done on this podcast here and and uh, see what it's oh, all about. See how, see how many uh, breweries are participating and uh, what the requirements are. So with that, are we ready to move on to beer number three? Chris, I mean, uh, you haven't picked yet, which uh, we got two left here. Well, I already have House of Lager poured, so let's let's go with that. Yeah, let's let's chat about that one. Yeah. So House of Lager, the, uh, mm -hmm. the sibling to arrive from uh, House of Funk here. I was going to say it's hot off the press, but that doesn't really make sense for a lager or a beer. So it's it's cold out of the tanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, oh, that killed me. Um, yeah, Hostel Lager. I think what it's they just announced it two or three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. At the time of taking, so, yeah. So this is the first batch of their Bavar Bavarian Lager beer um, from Hostel Lager, which is kind of, I guess, like under the House of Funk umbrella um, um kind of the we're same we're, design there on the logo is like house of funk yeah yeah and they've added in that kind of old school beer mug um which yeah. looks pretty cool yeah this is the the first batch yeah i mean it, it's kind of cool the, the fact that uh the fact that a brewery 
um, and a, a new, a pretty new brewery. Yeah. They're only a House year old house of funk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they've already now kind of expanded, um, and are, are opening up this kind of subsidiary, um, to house of funk, which is just focused on loggers, which is pretty interesting. And if you had told probably any one of us this a few years ago, I would have been like, loggers like you're going to open up a, a new brand dedicated to loggers like i don't know i would have been like a little skeptical of it but there's this big logger boom in in the bc craft brewery industry right now and brewers are just pumping out these limited release loggers barrel aged loggers you know old school pilsners german pilsners we just try to hell this logger I mean, like, yeah, the, like the, like we were saying, like the traditional loggers, like, like Slackwater in, in those type of communities, there are loggers on their core lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, these very differing um, styles coming from breweries uh, in Vancouver doing loggers is definitely uh, something new because uh, it takes a lot of tank space. It takes time, you know, like loggers. I, I remember people, like people I'd suggested them like, Hey, like, you know, it'd be great if this brewery made a logger. And they'd be like, oh, like loggers aren't good. They're so, they're so bland. I'm like, ah, oh. and it's like, no, they're really complicated beers to make, to make really good and really clean. Exactly. I mean, when you, you, you think about how much time goes into making it, like, you know, multiple months of it sitting in a tank and, and fermenting, just the fact that it's taking up that tank space and or in, when, you know, you could turn over probably a couple of pale ales or a couple of IPAs in the same time it, it takes to, to make a, a really good lager. Um, like, you know, it, it kind of changes your, I, I feel like it could, it could changes your kind of opinion on it. Like when you, you, you hear about what actually goes into making a, a good lager and it's kind of funny now because like, at least for myself, like now when I'm seeing some of these new loggers and pilsners, like I'm like getting excited, like about them, like, Oh, I got to go pick up this new lager, which to me that just like, if you, like I said, if you told me that like a year ago or two years ago, I would have been like, I would have never been like seeking out a lager or a Pilsner. Like I would have been, you know, looking for a hazy IPA or maybe a new sour or, you know, something else like, but I don't know. It's, it's, I guess like, it's kind of like, uh, the, the industry's coming full circle in, in a way, you know, we started with, we started with the big bitter, you know, Northwest IPAs that were super popular and everybody was loving those. And then things kind of transitioned into, you know, hazy IPAs. Yeah. Um, I remember there was like the summer of sours where sours, everybody started. Well, fruited, sours. Fruited, yeah. Fruited sours. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, hazies and sours, which is cool. Like they've kind of stayed and now like, you know, a lot of breweries, you've got a sour on tap, maybe multiple sours or some breweries. It's like their specialty is sours. Um, and you know, most breweries now kind of have a hazy pale or a hazy IPA like in their lineup, um, just because they sell so well. And, you know, so many beer drinkers like lean towards hazy IPAs, but the fact that now it's come back to like one of the oldest styles of beer, um, just like a straight up good clean lager or Pilsner is, is pretty cool. And I think to, you know, kind of to the average person as well. I think we've been uh, kind of been put off by loggers because of like the, you know, kind of traditional North American lager from the big breweries, right. Where they're not really that great Mm -hmm. of beers and they're not really full of flavor. 
And um, the ones that we've had so far are the more European traditional style, you know, which has way more depth, way more flavor to it. So um, I, I, it's just a learning, learning thing, right? I mean, if, if you're handed like one of those big, big, you know, multinational uh, adjunct American loggers and you're like, oh yeah, this is a logger. I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'd have a bad opinion about loggers too, if that was my entry point to it. Right. So totally. No, that's a really For good sure. Point. I think that's, I think that's kind of watered down everybody's opinion too. Right. Like it, this house of funk lager that we're or the house of lager lager we're drinking right now. It's I'm really enjoying it, but it's got no similarities to the, the loggers of the, uh, you know, high school days. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. Yes, indeed. What do you guys think of this one though? It's awesome. I'm getting like, um, almost kind of like a whiny like notes of like a like a chardonnay or something yeah i get that on the nose like it's like a yeah 100 yeah i get it on the on the finish too on the nose and on the end there but yeah is that um do you guys think that's the the new zealand hops playing playing oh yeah definitely yeah yeah what were the let's let's look up here muteka i don't know how to pronounce it but oh oh hang on oh motueka yeah there we go yeah motueka yeah yeah there you go. Got the resident guy who used to live in New Zealand. <laughs> give you the yeah, correct. You got to know this man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it gives it a pretty unique, um, yeah, un- unique kind of notes on the nose. I almost wonder if they're like, is it is it just the Motueka? Um, because I forget if it is a cousin. They've got Magnum the... and Motueka. Okay, so two, right. two hot varieties. Right. Yeah. Because I yeah, I forget if the Motueka is a cousin of um, the Nelson Sav, which is actually a quite a wine heavy hop. Right. Um, right. So yeah. So more research for later. Yeah. I'm, I'm. This one's definitely on the top here for me, for now. All right. Well, we got one more. Shall we do it? And then I got I got all the taster glasses here lined up. Mm-hmm. So steel and oak, another big surprise actually. Um, you know. It, uh, especially since Steel and Oak started as like a hybrid German inspired brewery, right? Right. Yeah. Cause their first brewer was, um, was he from Germany? He, he, I, I believe he was, was German. Yeah. 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 I believe so. Yeah. I mean, they were my fourth episode. I want to say of the podcast. So that was a while ago. So oh, wow. I need to, uh, <laughs> throwing need, it back. Yeah. Throwing it back. And lots has changed at Steel and Oak since that episode. So what was your first episode? What what brewery did uh, you visit in your your very first? Uh, so that was a brewery called Birdsview Brewing in Birdsview, Washington. Um, and oh, it's a cool. father daughter team. And the guy got into uh, brewing beer because he was at the county fair and he won the raffle, which and the top prize was the shotgun. But his wife wouldn't let him keep the shotgun, so he went back to the <laughs> prize table. And then he said, "Hey, wife, won't let me keep the shotgun." And they're like, "Well, that's cool, but you can have this home brew kit if you want." And so he took home a home brew kit and he was, you know, a big, you know, multinational lager drinking kind of guy. Um, and he made his first, uh, homebrew and he's like, holy crap, beer can have a lot of flavor. And then he built a thousand square foot wooden yurt in his driveway on the side of the highway there. And, uh, that's where the brewery wow. is. So nice. I wonder if the so person a- that ended up walking away with the shotgun ever kicks themselves for knowing they could have been a brewer. <laughs> 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 Could have had a tasting room and everything. That is funny. <laughs> All I All got is, is a shotgun. Of... <laughs> Would we call that though a bit of a shotgun brewery? Oh wow! Oh, um, where is Birdsview? So Birdsview, um, so you basically go down to Cedar Woolley, 
And then you just hook a hook east there and go about another 45 minutes down the highway heading into the Cascade Mountains. So, yeah, mm. there is nothing there. It is just literally an old railroad town. So um, there's a really nice bike path that runs next to the brewery as well. That uh, is used to be the old rail rail line. So it's rail grade. So it's pretty easy bike bike trail to go and visit. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm just checking it out on Google Maps here. All right, so stealing oak lager. What do we what do we think of this? Well, uh, or ooh, tasting notes, sir Chris. Yeah, so this is ripped right off their Instagram page. Um, so they used a pilsner malt from the prairies, um, flaked rice, American noble hops, uh, and then it, they lagered it for seven weeks, and then it was naturally carbonated. Um, right. I definitely noticed it's quite different than the other three that we tried. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's just the packaging because it's just this big, bold, white background, red lettering, red band. You know, uh, I almost wonder if this is Steel and Oak's statement to, uh, you know, redefine the Canadian lager or something, right? Because it's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't have that traditional body to it like the other ones we've tried, right? So I'm just going to say it, but this can design to me, I, 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 I don't know if I, I feel like I was discussing this with, it might have been Luke or someone else. Uh, or, or, yeah, I think it was another buddy, but with the, the kind of cursive font they used, it almost seems like a, like a cheeky nod to Budweiser. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I can kind of <laughs> see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Hey, like we see what you're doing over there, but this is a lot better. Yeah, it is. Definitely is. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a lot more of like citrusy notes from this one than the rest. Yeah. And it's almost like there's like a light tea thing going on, like a herbal fruit tea mm. thing. Yeah, good call. Almost like even like a hint of mint, mintiness almost. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's, like but it's still very clean. minty, but yeah, just like this, like a bright herb, I guess. Yeah. And I, and I do, you know, need to say for the listener here that uh, is standing by and trying to figure out, you know, what, what it is we're drinking here. I mean, when, it, when we're talking about these flavors, they're not like punchy in the mouth, like full up front. Like you really need to sit and contemplate that taste and that sip. But but when you're doing them side by side like this, you can definitely tell the difference differences between yeah. them. But I mean, but it's it's still lovely balanced flavors in all four of these. And um, yeah, it's, it's just very subtle. And yeah, they're all very well done. To me, uh, this one has kind of the most like bitterness out of all four yeah. or like a bit of a, a bit of a hop bite to it. Like yeah. really still really subtle, but it's, I think that's kind of like, it is more of like that American lager style. So I, I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me of like, yeah, a better version of like, you know, a way better version of those kind of crappy American lagers I've had, but it's got like a little bit of like on the finish of a hot bite, which is kind of nice. I like it. Yeah. And uh, I, this, this just came to mind. Um, the person who I really enjoy his loggers and actually probably has the best setup in the province um, is uh, Chris over at Swan's brew pub, because he actually has a whole loggering cellar now where he just stashes stuff down there for months and just lets it do its thing. Swan's is a pretty cool, cool building have you been um, there uh since the big uh revamp so when was the the latest revamp i think it was about a year ago now they they opened then 
Yes, I would have been. Yeah. Um, it's like 50 taps now or something like that. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Taps. Yeah. Yeah. So I went there. Um, we got to visit it when we went on that, um, that BCAL trail trip back mm-hmm. in, um, November last year. Yeah. Um, so on the first night after we did, um, we did a brewery tour, shout out West coast brewery tours. After that, um, we stopped by, um, actually it was, I guess kind of the part of the brewery tour, the tail end of it. Um, we stopped at Swans for, for dinner. Um, and they gave us a little tour, but yeah, it's, it's a nice spot. Like, and they've got good food. And when you go in the back and you see kind of like the brewing setup, like it feels pretty old school. Well, it which, is, that's, that's the original setup. And when they opened in the eighties, yeah. it's electric fired. It's like, it's just yeah. nuts. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then they've got like in the back, they've got, you know, this little tiny room for where they do like hand labeling and, and hand bottling. Mm-hmm. And they had all these kind of old, old labels, you know, rolls of these old labels and stuff. It, it, it was pretty cool. Like when you just compare something like that to like, you know, you know, a, a bigger brewery, like it's, it's cool to see kind of both sides. What a cool spot though, eh? Like the, the building itself. Oh, and that whole like covered uh, deck that they have out the front yeah, where you can still like, like a, hang out in the sun when it's raining outside. Yeah, like a sunroom greenhousey looking thing. Yeah, nice spot. No, I I love Victoria, man. Just it's like, man, I need a weekend of some great beer, and I need to get the hell out of Vancouver. Like, you know, Victoria's right there, man. Just pop on over. So, well, speaking of Victoria and Steel and Oak, the guys from Steel and Oak, um, they're teaming up with the Drake, right? And they're opening up. Um, a new, a new brewery. Yeah. Um, I was, um, I was hanging out with, I was hanging out with them, uh, for Victoria beer week just before we got locked down and, um, yeah, um, steel and oak crew was over. Um, I met the brewer for Herald street, um, is the name of the brewery they're going to be opening up soon. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's originally, the brewer is originally from Montreal. So yeah, he's moved out here to get the brewery going. So, um, yeah, I haven't had any updates on that recently, but you know, obviously there's been bigger, <laughs> big events going on in the world that have, uh, changed a few things. Um, totally. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we I get think they're getting close. Soon. Yeah. I think they're getting close to starting to, to brew from just what I've seen on, on social, but I'm excited because like, I don't, I've only been to the Drake once, like on that trip, we ended up going to the, the Drake as well. And I mean, it's kind of like the legendary kind of craft beer bar in, in Victoria, right? Yeah. It's kind of like you, everybody stops there when you're in, when you're in town, you know, if you're a big craft beer fan and I mean, Steel and Oak has got a pretty good reputation here. So it's pretty cool that they're teaming up for, for that new venture. All right. So, uh, this is, this is going to bring it to, to episode one. We're keeping it really light and casual here because, you know, we're just figuring this out. We're, <laughs> we're starting a new podcast. Um, and you know, yeah, we tried some new loggers. It was great. Um, you know, the next episode, we're going to get into a bit more of the beer industry, uh, what's been going on, uh, and just kind of have a general conversation about that. So, uh, any, uh, let's say, let's see any, any words of wisdom, Luke, that you want to leave us with? Oh, wisdom is not something you come to me for, but, uh, these loggers have been amazing uh, if i had to pick a fave out of these i'd i'd probably say i think the steel and oak took it for me but all of them have been really 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 nice yeah 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 well but how about you chris what's uh what's a winner in the lineup here they've been all really good not to copy luke at all um but i just said <laughs> i know that's why i just mentioned it <laughs> um but to me 
I've, I'm really liking the, the House of Lager, Bavarian, Bavarian Lager beer. That's probably m- edges out the other ones for me. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, How about yourself? I, I, I am surprised myself. I'm, I'm surprised myself with uh, my immediate first reaction winner. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do the Dagger ad. You know, oh, um, nice. I'm I'm really impressed with um with Dagrat's uh, lager here. Um, yeah, and, and it's just a surprise because you know they normally don't do something like this anyway. As where uh, the other breweries, you know, I I do expect them to make a lager every now and again. Or has you know, Dagrat ever brewed a bad beer though? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I but, know, well, right? But That's... also, but in fairness to um, Slackwater, House of Funk, and Steel and Oak, I mean, they haven't brewed a bad beer either. So it's you know, this is this is a heavy hitting lineup. So, it it is it is. But yeah, every beer I've had from Daggerhead, like I think I've been like, wow, like this is really good. Yeah, man. So yeah, shout out to Ben and Mitch out there and the rest of the crew for uh, making this happen. So, all right. So uh, Chris, let everybody know uh, how can they follow us along and uh, you know social handles and all that since you're the guy that set it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, for the couple social handles we have. Um, yeah, so right now you can follow us on Dreg's podcast on Instagram. That's the best spot to find us right now. For um, Van Pours, um, you can follow us at Van Pours on all social media channels. Uh, if you want to follow me along, I'm at Cascadian.beer. And then also, uh, I bought this domain ages ago for this podcast project, so this has been in the works. But um, uh, yeah, you can uh, go to thedregs.beer uh, to follow this podcast along, and they'll forward you to there. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. Uh, let's have, and you know, this is all casual and having fun. It's way different than the other stuff that we normally produce. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, go out there, support your local. Have fun, be safe. Cheers. See you, everyone.